You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Everybody alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic? Good. That first hour was just hor- No, it wasn't that. It was just uh, uh, glad that you're here. It's really neat to be here on the last Sunday of 2023. That's really special to come and worship God because he surely is worthy of that, isn't he? He's worthy of worship and uh, means a lot that you're here. If you're a guest today, welcome to our church family. And if you have been a part of our church for a long time, thank you for being faithful to and serving God, serving God well. Uh, really need to be able to spend time together in, in worship today. If you're a first-time guest, again, thank you for being our, our guest today. I had today my brother-in-law, John, and my sister, Jolene. Uh, he's a pastor in Alameda, California. Just kind of stand up, wave at us a little bit here. Just there you go, right, right over here. So it's just good to have you here, man. It's been, it's been a long time, so you don't have a chance to get away from California, but... Uh, Thanks for serving there. I think you've been there 15 years pastoring, doing a great work there in that area. And then my brother and his wife now live in Kansas City. We've never been together since, like, I think when I was a freshman in high school, I think, we kind of split. We get to see each other once in a while, but now he lives here. Oftentimes, you just forget that he lives here. I just forget about, oh, I can go say hi to my brother. So, anyway, I sometimes forget about who, who my wife is. No, I don't have kids. No, okay, no. Uh, so it's all good. Hey, our, uh, our Antioch writers were busy this week with some resolutions. So uh, again, it's our Antioch writers, so just keep that in point. Right? Resolutions for kids. I want to eat more candy and tacos. Right? And by the way, it's great to have all the kids in the room, too. And I love family worship. This is really good. All right, so that's awesome. Number two, drink milk every day and be nicer to my mom. That's a good one. And then become an adult so I can eat candy and not brush my teeth, right? <laughs> I think that'll, that'll work. Funny new year resolutions. Number one, become a professional nap taker and establish a world record for the longest uninterrupted nap, right? Uh, number two, I know that was, uh, again, that was our Antioch writers. Uh, number three, convince my alarm clock to wake me up with motivational speeches. <laughs> Number three, master the art of eating an entire chocolate cake without leaving any evidence. Right? <laughs> Learn a new language, preferably the one spoken by cats. Right? Are there a lot of cat lovers in here? Lord bless you guys. It's, it's all good. All right. Amen. If you have your Bibles today, I hope you do. And a I want to take our time, I think it's just appropriate as we look at uh, this last Sunday on 2023, to put our focus on James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. It's a vivid reminder of how we are to approach life. Life matters, and James puts a good word here 
in this passage. So if you have your Bible, James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. James says, come now, or look here, we could say. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For when, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you today for the privilege of gathering, the privilege of worship. You are a God who is worthy of worship. Thank you for each person in these seats, those who are watching online. Thank you that we get to be together today and learn from you and from your word how to live our lives in a way that makes much of your name. I thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing here at Antioch. We're humbled by that. Thank you for the guests that are in the room today and family dynamics. We thank you for our kids and our kids' ministry and all, that, all who invest in their lives. We're just super blessed here at Antioch. So today, God, speak to, to my heart and life, speak to our lives and heart. Uh, your word is dynamic. Your word is living and alive. And so God, today, speak to us, teach us, help us to learn more what it means to follow you and pursue you. We pray and give all this to we ask in Jesus' name. And together, church, we said, amen. amen. What James is doing here is identifying a group of first century Jewish entrepreneurs. One guy has his MBA from the University of Jerusalem, and the other is a CEO of Tel Aviv, a 500 company. They were a group of successful, confident, and self-made businessmen looking over their maps and making a plan where they can go, make a profit, build something. They were sharp, sharp people. And what James does here, that James interrupts the business meeting with a strong rebuke and condemns their arrogance, self-confidence, and planning without even a thought of God. No thought of God. So we're going to work our way through this passage. I hope you'll be encouraged by that and challenged by it. I think it's a good time for us right here today, the last uh, Sunday, the last day of 2023, that how God can, can work in our hearts and, and motivate us to live in a way that we put our focus on, on who he is and what he does for us and wants to do in our lives. So back to verse 13, James says, come now or, or look here, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Those words come now mean listen, listen up, or get this. Listen up or get this. And what James is doing here, he's outlining the business plan of these first century entrepreneurs who are stepping out in essence with arrogance. Here's what we're going to do regardless of who God is and what he wants to direct our path and our life. So what he does here, he just puts out the, the outline here James says, first, you decide 
your timeline today or tomorrow. You select your location, such and such a city. You limit your stay. We're going to spend there for a year. You organize your plan. We're going to do business. And then you predict your profit. We're going to make a profit. But there's no mention here of, of God. What do you think about our plans? It was all about them and what could happen to us, church, it can all become about, about us. So James puts a good word here for us. And what James does here, he confronts these entrepreneurs with a significant question. And the question is this, what is your life? What is true of your life? Think about that today in this room. What, what is your life? And James in this passage says, life is unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. He says to these entrepreneurs, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. You've got all these plans. You're going to do this and do that and make this and get a profit. But you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And church family, not to be a downer here, we just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. All right? we, we've got plans tomorrow. We've got some plans. It's, you know, we, we, we just don't know all of our plans, but he'll tell us here, everything in life really is iffy. It's iffy. Everything and the plans we make, we need to invite God into our plans. Are you with me, church? Invite God into our plans. So oftentimes, my own life, I can run red lights. It's just about me. I can do this and figure that out. He really lays it here. No one can say what your life will be like tomorrow, much less next year. Proverbs 27, verse 1 puts it this way. Do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring. We all fall into that trap. We've got a vacation coming here later in, in January. We've already, we, we, got a, we got a plan, man. We're going to go see our grandkids. We got, a, we got a plan, but our plans are iffy. If the Lord wills, we will do this or do that. So there's nothing wrong with planning. By the way, we need more planning, all right? We need more planning. But with our planning, we invite God into our plans, we, we pray through those plans, what God would have for us. At best, James says, your life is unpredictable. We, it's just unpredictable. So James says life is unpredictable, and then life is short. In chapter 4, verse 14, section B, he says, again, what is your life? For you are a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes. It's like a a puff of smoke, it's a mist. Life is really, really short. Remember when you were like 10 years old and it seemed like it was never gonna go, like, oh, this is never gonna happen, it just takes so long. And now that I'm where I am at right now, I, I didn't give you any idea where that is, but I, <laughs> it's, it's coming with me next week, I'm coming. 67 years old coming, man. But I'm telling you what, Life goes by really quick. In my world, it's like Sunday, Monday, and then Sunday or Saturday. It's just like, where did this day go? It goes by really fast. The older you get, the faster it goes. Right? It's a reminder of that. What life is short. It's not a Debbie Downer. It's just he's reminding these entrepreneurs, hey, remember, life is short. You're making all these plans, all right? These presumptuous plans. It's a good reminder for us, life is short. So I'm not being down this way, it's just this way that a reminder that life is very short. 
He uses this idea of vapor as only visible for just a moment. Just a moment. There's no guarantee of how long your life will live. I came across the lifespan, I right here, the lifespan of a tombstone. Let's just say 1950 to 2023. Life with that hyphen is just a dash. It's, you, you've been there, I've seen those monitors. Monuments, it's just, here's the date they were born, here's the date they died. In the middle, it's just a, just a dash. In essence, life is simply a dash. Isn't that encouraging today? Aren't you happy you guys got here today? <laughs> Isn't this awesome? All right. All right. But it's just, it's a good reminder for us to remember that life goes by quick, and so may we live our life well, making much of Jesus, pursuing God, so there's no guarantee. Psalm 39, verse 5 puts it this way Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. Every person at their best is simply a mere breath. Doctors tell us we take about 22,000 breaths a day. How do you know? I counted. I counted yesterday. I just counted all. But we, have, for the most part, we have good. good if you have issues with breathing, it's a big deal, you know, but I don't even think about breathing. Do you? Just kind of, it just, by the way, it just happens, right? It goes by quick. It's just a, life is just a mere breath, he says. Job chapter 14, 1, 2, and 5 puts it this way. How frail is humanity? How short is life? How full of trouble? We blossom like a flower and then wither. Like a passing shadow, we quickly disappear. You had decided, God, you had decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live, and we are not given a minute longer. God's word, not even a minute longer. Andy Stanley, in his book, I recommend the best question ever. He says you can overspend, you can overeat and overachieve, but you can't overlive. You can't overlive. When we ask the question, where did time go? We are really asking, where did life go? Where did life go? Time equals life. Psalm 90 verse 12 puts it this way. So, I like that word, so, right? So, teach us to realize the brevity of life. He's talking to you and I in this room. So that we may get a heart of wisdom. The dynamic, the gift of wisdom. Wisdom is the skill of godly living. Old Testament scholar Gerhard von Rod, I love that name, defines wisdom this way. Wisdom is becoming competent with, regarding, with regard to the realities of life, how things really happen, how things really are, and what to do about it. That, by the way, that's, a, that's gold. Wisdom is not just knowing the principles and rules to live by, but it's knowing how to apply biblical principles and values in changing context. Church, that's a dynamic statement that he gives. Wisdom is becoming competent with regard to the realities of life. We experience the realities of life every day. We need wisdom, amen? We, we need wisdom. Proverbs, classic section of scripture. The proverb puts it this way. Solomon says in chapter 3 of Proverbs, verse 13, 
Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Wisdom doesn't just drop in on you. That's why this book, the Bible, will give you wisdom. God will give you wisdom. Chapter 4, verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. I love this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Duh, all right? The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Get insight. We need wisdom to make wise decisions in 2024, the gift of wisdom is a great, great gift. So life is unpredictable. Life is short. Life is uncertain. James says, instead, instead of your arrogance and running red lights, he says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So James is saying, plan, plan. We need to be planning. But in your planning, invite God into that plan. Right? That's what he's saying here. That, that if the Lord wills, that word if introduces something future. If we have lunch today. If we have whatever tomorrow. Are you with me? If. Church family, life is iffy. Life is iffy. He says, if the Lord wills. The word wills means to desire or, or wanting is best for your life. If the Lord wills. That phrase, if the Lord wills, assumes that while we plan, we realize that we need to invite him into our life. Gary Friesen, in his book, Decision-Making and the Will of God, classic book, Decision-Making and the Will of God, defines the expression will of God used this way in the Bible two ways. He talks about God's sovereign will. Say that with me. God's sovereign will. And then God's moral will. God's moral will. Right? In the Scriptures. So there is a sovereign will meaning that, that God is the ultimate one who's in control. We think we are, but we're not. And then there's that sovereignty, and then there's that moral will. He defines it this way. God's sovereign will is God's secret plan that determines everything that happens in the universe. Nothing happens in this world. What's happening in the Middle East, God knows about that. He's, under, he, he's, he's all over that. Are you with me, church? He knows what's going to happen in this universe. He knows what's going to be happening in your life. He is sovereign. His secret plan determines everything that happens in this universe. Only God knows what's going to happen in advance. We have an idea of tomorrow. We have a plan for the next week or so, but we really don't know. The psalmist puts it this way, Psalm 115.3, Our God is in the heavens, and he does whatever he pleases. He, God's in control of this. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We could give a bunch of verses. Verse 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. It goes on to those who love God. 
So we see God's sovereign will, God's moral will, consist of revealed commands in the Bible that teach people how we ought to live and live. God's moral will consists of the revealed commands in the Bible that teach people how we ought to live and believe. God's moral will provides for us guardrails. Anybody been out in Colorado driving up in the mountains? And, and you know, you'll see, for the most part, guardrails, but there's some areas where there's no guardrails. Red Mountain Pass. Anybody been at Red Mountain Pass? No guardrails. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just like, my, I'm right now, my getting, I'm getting right now. It's just, oh, my word. It's just, there's no, it's just like right here. I'm serious. You're driving right about here, and right there is nothing. It's crazy. Oh, I'll be, okay, we'll be all right here. All right. All right. Guardrails. God's word provides for us guardrails right? to protect. And within guardrails, we have freedom, right? You got freedom. We can, we can go over here a little bit, this way. We can, we can pass somebody. Guardrails are, are good. They keep us from drifting into danger. Romans 14, 19. So then let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. That's God's moral will. That we promote peace. That's God's will. That we build up one another. That's God's will for us. Ephesians 5, and there's a bunch of verses. Ephesians 5.15 the Bible says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But those who are wise, make the most of your time because the days are evil. Right? Life goes by really, really fast. And in essence, all of our plans are iffy. So don't stop planning, but invite God into your plan. Right? Life is iffy. James chapter 4, verse 16, as he moves through this dialogue with these entrepreneurs in the first century. In verse 16, he says, As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. He gets right to the point, doesn't he? Right to the point. Those two words, let's go back up here. That word boast, excuse me, the, boast, the word boast defines excessive pride. Not just pride, but excessive pride. Arrogance speaks of self-importance, what I can do, what I can make happen. Instead of quiet confidence in God and his authority in this first century to these entrepreneurs, it demonstrates an attitude of arrogance. And we're not careful, church, we can become arrogant. Yeah. Make call the chip, we're doing what we're doing, right? We may not, may not use that word, but we become arrogant. He warns us about that. He reminds us of self-centeredness and boasting. It's been said there's two ways to live. Trust God or try to be God. Trust God or try to be God. James 4, 17. So, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Those two words, to do, make it clear what those first century entrepreneurs need to do and for what we need to do in the century that we are in. We need to, be, to depend on God and, and His will. He used that word 
So whatever knows the right thing to do and fails it, for him it is sin. He is saying to those first century people, what you're doing is sinful, right? right? I mean, a prophet's good, right? Traveling, building, all of those are all good, but with all that, you have left God out of the picture. The word sin means missing the mark. We're all sin, we've all sinned and come short of the greatness and goodness of God. Amen. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. Welcome. We're all sinners. Sin is missing the mark. In the context, this sin is the sin of pride and the sin of arrogance. The sin of arrogance. Sin is any failure to conform to God's standard from his word in action, in failure to act, or in attitude. Right? That, that's, that's how we, we sin. And by the way, sin pursues you. Right? It's, it's there, right? Pride and all that. They were prideful. 1 John 1, 9 reminds us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In this room today, online, just a bunch of sinners, amen? But by God's grace, we're sinners saved by grace, amen? By the grace of God. Thank God for his patience in my life and in your life. We're not, we're not always going to get it right, right? But James is reminding us in this season, as we transition into 2024, remember God, okay? God is in control, church. God's in control. God wants to lead you in your life and invite him into your life. Three questions for you to consider as we close it up today. Just, it could be more questions. Here are a couple of questions put together in 2024. Number one, who is going to be in charge of your life? Who is going to be in charge of your life in 2024? What are the biggest changes you need to make in 2024? What, what is there in your life where you just sitting here today, you know, I've got to make a change. I've got to make a change here. In my dynamic of my family, relationships, work environment, whatever it may be, is there a situation where I need to make a change? Number three, how can you know, or excuse me, how can you grow in a life-changing way? Tomorrow we start a whole new deal. Right? And I know how that goes, man. For a couple of days, a week or two, a month, we're all over it, man, right? February, okay. March, not too bad. April, we're done, right? We just kind of, yeah. yeah. Even reading through the Bible is a, is a good thing, all right? Uh, you guys probably always get it right, but there are some days I didn't read it, right? I'm sorry. I, you know, there's day, but you know what you got to do? You just keep on reading, right? You just, you keep, don't, don't stop. Just, just keep going, right? Just keep going. Spending time in God's Word. I would encourage you to look at the one-year Bible. It takes 15 minutes to read. You can read it an entire year. Not just 15 minutes, but you can read it the whole year, 15 minutes a day, all right? It's, just, it's, it's good to spend time in, in the Word, in the Word. I remember as a kid, I was, as I was thinking about this message today, about a song that we used to sing as a, at a church, Take My Life and Let It Be. It goes something like this. Take my life and let it be, 
Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in endless praise. Take my heart. It is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord. I pour at thy feet its treasures store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. I love that. Take myself and I will for be ever only all for thee. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. It's a good word for us. Take my will. Submit to the will of God. Submit. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Before I close out this with prayer, I just want to mention the dynamic in this whole section of the gospel. We never graduate from the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And in this day, has it been a defining moment for you where you said yes to Jesus Christ? Recognizing your sinfulness. Recognizing the grace of God. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. The Bible says if you call upon his name, you will be delivered. You will be saved. And that's the greatest gift you could ever have. Is to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ by faith in him. It's not about working about it. It's not trying any harder. It's all in the person of Jesus Christ. And in this room, if you never put your faith and trust in Christ, today could be that defining moment for you to call upon his name. Invite him. Ask him, God, save me. And he will do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for James chapter 4, for the clarity of that passage in our own personal lives some 2,000 years ago that it was penned. Thank you for the living word of God, the dynamic of the word, Father. So I pray in my own personal life that, God, I would live my life pursuing your will. It's so easy for me to get out ahead on things and kind of figure it out myself and try to make it happen on myself God, I thank you for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I pray that over our church family and our guests and those who are in this room today and those who are watching, that God, you would encourage them and challenge them to walk with you, to live our life well, to live it by your will. We thank you for your sovereign will. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your moral will in our lives. God, help us live our lives in a way that makes much of your name. I thank you for each person in this room. I thank you for Antioch Bible Baptist Church. We get to, to be a part of what you're doing here in the Northland. I'm excited about 2024. I thank you for our, our church and all those who serve here and are making a difference, God, in our, our neighborhoods, that, God, you'd use Antioch to make a difference in this community.
for the cause of Jesus Christ. Change us, Father. Make us more like you. Thank you for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. We look to you, Father. We need you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. We pray and give all that to you, we ask in Jesus' name. And together, church, we said, amen. amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.